This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. Good morning or good afternoon, whenever you may be listening to this episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast. Now, this is a little bit of a different one and something that I probably am not going to do again, but it is a bit of a review on the recent Netflix documentary that aired titled Downfall, The Case Against Boeing. This is something that has definitely made waves within the aviation industry from enthusiasts to analysts and much more while also, in addition, definitely touching the general public, which is incredibly important. For people that aren't aware, it is a one-hour, 30-minute, roughly, documentary that naturally is on Netflix. It documents, essentially, as the title states, the case against Boeing and the downfall against Boeing, with a key, key focus on the two incidents involving the Boeing 737 MAX, which, of course, killed, unfortunately, 346 people in the space of five months. Those flight numbers being ET-302 and JT-610, of course, two of the most highly discussed aircraft incidents definitely in the past decade and sent shockwaves through the industry that typically prides itself on safety. I guess you could say the ramifications that have been felt on Boeing have been huge um, from these two incidents, and I think a lot has been uncovered about their practices, and that was heavily documented in the, well, film that was published on netflix in this podcast i just want to mention it is there's no script i just have some bullet points so do excuse if i go a bit off on tangents and so forth i will do my best best pardon me to stick to key bullet points i want to go over my initial reaction the angle i approach the documentary the downfall of boeing people defending the company the situation, uh, the lack of compassion and accountability, blaming of the pilots, uh, safety record, target demographic, and uh, obviously I want to take a look at the certification of aircraft, the repercussions, and my final thoughts on the piece. So I watched it yesterday, that was Monday the 21st of February, but this is being recorded a day later, so I've kind of slept on my thoughts. I think my initial thoughts on the documentary were it was great, uh, obviously a very, very difficult watch that... I think it played a great role in telling us a story while also going into the emotional side of things. Now, maybe that's ignored more in articles when we're strictly focusing on the facts of Boeing, but I think the element of emotion and bringing the families in definitely grounded the situation a little bit more. It's not just an aircraft. We're talking about 300 and 300, pardon me, plus lives that have indeed been lost. And of course, the families and friends that are now going to feel the repercussions of that forever. But typically, naturally, uh, I think sometimes that can be forgotten in the sense of analyzing the aircraft. Um, so the emotion side definitely played a huge role. And it was it was a heartbreaking watch and a, and a very difficult watch at certain times as well. I think personally for me, having 
covered the max quite extensively and I've read almost every single article that there has been on the topic and was around when the two incidents unfortunately took place. I didn't necessarily learn anything new, but what I would say is that I think it did a brilliant job at compiling the information in a concise manner that anyone of any knowledge level could understand. And what it did for me was give me a great refresh and maybe maybe told the story in a, like I said, a more concise manner that was easier for me to comprehend in the one hour and 30 allocated time frame. I watched with my partner, my girlfriend. Um, she is not an aviation enthusiast. To her credit, though, she's been learning a lot about planes in the past year and a half, and especially in recent months, and she's definitely getting into uh, shows like Britain's Busiest Airport. So it was it was an experience for me to be able to watch with her, given the fact that I know she is not as aware of the 737 MAX. Because of me, she knows that the two planes did indeed go down. However, like many other people, for her, she just saw it appear on the news and and kind of forgot about it a week and a half later, which, like I've mentioned many times, is what 99% of the public will have gone through. It's one of those things that sticks with you for a little bit, and then naturally there are more important things. Now, for someone like me, and maybe if you're an aviation enthusiast listening, the 737 MAX crisis will have definitely sat on your shoulders for a very, very long time. And still to this day, I'm sure we think about it. So it was interesting to be able to explain things to her and get her perspective on the situation as someone that is watching all this for the first time and getting a really, not 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 the first time, because obviously I'd never seen the documentary either. What I mean to say is that she was watching it, going into it with not as much knowledge on the matter and forming an opinion that I think was very I was very, very proud of what she said, and she'll be coming onto the podcast a little bit later to discuss her thoughts on the, on the, I guess you could say, couple of years that unfolded and the deep lying problems at Boeing. Um, so yeah, I would say it was it was a great watch. There are definitely things I would have wanted to see improved on it, and maybe uh, I think it definitely could have done with an additional twenty minutes or so taking a look at the recertification. I think we jumped quite quickly to the end of it. I understand why. Um, obviously, it's more the premise is the downfall, and I guess maybe the recertification doesn't include that area. But I think it would have probably made the story a bit more well-rounded as we have a, a beginning point obviously when the downfall begins and we do have an end point where Boeing are trying to resolve it but um, not many complaints and I still think it was a great documentary with a lot of insight and uh, great aviation analysis from some very very pivotal uh, reporters in the scene that are highly respected. So on to the first topic that's the downfall of Boeing. I think this documentary did a perfect uh, did a perfect how would I say? It painted a perfect picture, pardon me, of how Boeing was and what Boeing became from the McDonnell Douglas merger and their business practices 45 years ago to their business practices five years ago. And uh, I definitely appreciated that. And throughout the documentary, especially as we got about halfway through it, I was I was bringing that up to my partner. I was saying that it's important you take a look at how they were before and how they are now. The pride involved with working for Boeing was something that was covered heavily and having that uh, workers' uniform that said you worked for Boeing and everyone was in awe of you. At the end of the day, Boeing has been behind incredible, incredible technology and aircraft and so much more in space, in the aerospace industry. And um, to see the past 10 years of the company, what's happened, it's been utterly disgusting and deplorable. So I think they did a perfect job at painting the picture 45 years ago by getting uh, one of the great things about this documentary was they had people that did work at Boeing in different periods of time. So we got their experiences and also we had some people that were involved 
at Boeing, not just in the past 10 years, but also in the past 30 years. So they were able to compare and contrast the two timeframes. And of course, after the merger and the leadership changed, and I think it was staggering to see the lows that Boeing had fallen to. I've said many, many times that what Boeing has done is absolutely deplorable. I don't need to say that in every single video that I do on my main YouTube channel because it doesn't achieve anything. I'm just there to sort of explain what happened. I'm not there to say it's disgusting, but I think anyone that defends the company, and this goes on to my next point, really needs to take a hard look at themselves. Um, People still do it to this day. I mean, you can take a look at YouTube comments. People will literally uh, stand on their grave defending Boeing uh, over this and I just I can't understand it I really can't understand it personally for me I knew a lot of this I knew what Boeing had done and it's obviously come to light even more so with this Netflix documentary and probably have it had it reappear in the news but I'm not it's not how do I put it it's not something that is obviously new to me but it's still just as shocking and disgusting and the fact even now with a thorough Netflix documentary people still sit on their high horse and think Boeing did nothing wrong Um, they're not solely to blame. I think there are definitely other parties to blame, like the Federal Aviation Administration and um, getting feedback over on my Twitter account. That was definitely something that was mentioned. The fact that they even allowed Boeing to basically certify their own aircraft is a huge issue. Um, Obviously, this is not the main problem. Do you know what I mean? It's not, they're not the ones that built the aircraft at the end of the day, but they should never have allowed Boeing to, to certify their own aircraft. And I think the relaxed nature of the certification program is something that does have to be called out on. I don't think it was spoken about enough in the documentary, and I'd argue, I, I do understand why, but you have to definitely hold the FAA accountable alongside Boeing. I think, if anything, it may be more painted the Federal Aviation Administration in a manner that was more positive, which uh, obviously I've read some articles and I don't know the validity behind them, but it would seem that they definitely could have done a lot better. And even just asking people's thoughts on social media, and they agree, they do believe that uh, the Federal Aviation Administration needs more of the blame. And then when it comes to the Netflix documentary, I don't really think it went too much into that, unless I'm potentially missing the point of something which like i said i do apologize i don't really do film or documentary or movie reviews so this is all new for me and uh, i hope at the very least you're enjoying uh, my opinion on a matter that is quite disgusting and deplorable but yes to generally round out that point the fact people do defend this company at this point sickens me also the people that will say that uh, someone that doesn't defend boeing is an airbus fanboy i think that's just another thing that grinds my gears massively you you can be a fan of both airbus and boeing but point out when the aircraft manufacturer does something wrong and airbus i mean boeing pardon me well and truly did something wrong something that cost the lives of 300 plus people and uh the situation is just absolutely inexcusable i I don't think there's any way i've seen people that have tried to say that oh well because of the incidents now it's uh the certification process is even safer and more thorough yeah but it should have been to begin with this should never have happened 340 how many is it again pardon me let me just get the exact number 346 people there we go should not needed to have passed away in the space of five months for the certification process to now be more rigorous and and better laid out that's just ridiculous like i'm sorry i can't accept that i can't accept someone saying that as a an excuse sure it's made the process stronger but it should have been at a standard where it was strong already and this wasn't this didn't need to happen and um i think what makes it worse is the fact that for a lot of people 
flying is scary. Therefore, you're putting a lot of faith in the aircraft, the pilots, and, and in general. And I think the fact that the Federal Aviation Administration and Boeing were willing to play with people's lives like that, it's not a game. And that's what really concerns me about the entire situation. It took two crashes for it to come to light. Um, I'd argue after the first one, like I said, I was around to cover it. I did see a lot of the the media reaction, and I will never forget it. Uh, immediately after the first crash, I didn't see a lot of blame going on Boeing. And um, obviously, eventually, it did come around more so that it was MCAS and all that. But initially, it wasn't really on Boeing. And then, naturally, the plane was flying. There were still a lot of questions and a lot of people calling for it to be grounded. But it was only when the second plane went down that more people steered in that direction. And uh, obviously, Boeing were adamant the entire time that the plane was safe. And the most damning thing is they knew very well that it wasn't safe. And uh, that just sickens me. That absolutely sickens me. And the lack of compassion shown towards the families involved is another thing that hurts me. And this is not taking at it. This is not looking at it from an analytical angle, because I will be completely honest with you. I'm not that good when it comes to the technical side of aircraft. That's just not something... I wouldn't say I have any area of expertise because I'm not qualified in any single way to be discussing this. This is just purely an aviation enthusiast discussing his thoughts. But uh, I think in the sense of the compassion, it just wasn't there. And I, my heart hurts for the families involved um, to think that they've had to go through this and Boeing have just been so awful and... I mean, that's just how I best describe it. I wouldn't go on and say, like, there's 15 other descriptive words, but they've been awful, and they were awful, and that was very well depicted in the documentary, and uh, it was definitely a tough watch, and they got some of the families involved, uh, the parents, notably, of passengers that passed away, and I, they are so strong going to all these court hearings, standing in front of the people that built these aircraft, standing in front of the executives that signed off on decisions... And uh, like like many things shown in the documentary, Boeing was so distant from reality. They were so caught up on profits, stock market. They were they were so caught up in the idea of beating Airbus to the point where look where it led. And um, I will always give the perfect analogy that I think can be widely recognizable to anyone. You would never rush. Well, you would never typically rush a school project nor would you typically rush cooking because if you rushed a school project you would most likely get poor grades correct yes and if you rushed cooking maybe your food would be undercooked food poisoning and you'd be on the toilet all day right so you don't you don't rush those things and failing a school assignment at the end of the day i'm sorry to anyone that are academic geniuses but it is not the end of the world if you fail one assignment do you know what i mean And that's not saying go out and flunk all your assignments, but it is not the end of the world. But messing up the process of building a plane and hiding things when people are on that plane and you're playing with people's lives, that is a problem. That is a major, major problem. That is not something where you cut corners for profits. It's just not something you do. And obviously it's been highly, highly depicted in the documentary and discussed that the culture of Boeing previously was not this. Do you know what I mean? I think one of the stark takeaways was there was there's usually 15 quality assurance managers on the line in each fa- in each assembly hall or whatever at Boeing. And when all the changes came in and they were racing to compete with uh, Airbus, there was only one. And they and we've had 
engineers working there. We've had people working at the Boeing factory that were simply saying that there was stuff left everywhere. There were things, just nothing had any continuity. There didn't seem like there was any sense of pride. Anyone that mentioned anything um, basically got let off or fired, which think about that. That is, that is so ridiculous and my head was just shaking the entire time I, I couldn't believe it and that just ties back to Boeing's lack of accountability throughout this experience they've uh, continued to say that the max is safe um, and especially during those five months between the two crashes it was only when I mean even when the Federal Aviation Administration finally grounded it and, and that was of course issued by the president at the time they were still adamant that there was nothing really wrong with it how, after 346 deaths, can you sit there and say that when you know damn well and then claim, I didn't see a paperwork or something like that? It's, the executives were so spaced out from that company. It's sickening. The fact that people brought up MCAS, the fact people brought up difficulties with the MAX that could lead to a safety risk, and they were ignored. Like, I'll repeat that again. People brought up these issues and they were ignored. Even Lion Air, the airline involved in the first crash of JT610, even they said that maybe more simulator training was required. And Boeing said no, there wasn't. Almost mocking the fact Lion Air wanted that simulator training. Why did Boeing not want to give simulator training? Because they were looking to get the 737 MAX out as soon as possible. That was their goal. Their goal was to get it out as soon as possible and require as minimal costs and training to make it the perfect competitor to the A320neo. Because what happened? Airbus got the upper hand and Boeing needed something, a response. You'll hear in the documentary there are multiple engineers that firmly believe that Boeing shouldn't have even released the 737 MAX, as in a clean sheet design would have been better. I do get why they released it in the end, but there are people that have said that, you know, that body is so old now, we need something new. And... I think sitting today in 2022, actually now the 22nd of February, which is the second month of 2022, Boeing has fallen behind in a lot of aspects. Obviously, the middle of the market is going to be the main one I talk about. Boeing has nothing. Do you know what I mean? You could argue the 737 MAX 10 maybe, but they don't have anything that can really, really compete with the A321neo. And when I mean like that... People want something between the 737 MAX and the 787, and a 787-8 or MAX-10 isn't going to cut it for most airlines. And um, they've fallen behind in that. Do you know what I mean? Their 777X is, is massively delayed. It's going to enter into service far later than the A350F when we're talking about the freighter version. They've fallen behind, and the, the ripple effect is huge. Uh, but that lack of accountability is definitely the most sickening part of it all, uh, especially when I was we were watching clips... Uh, and I think this is definitely what hit home with my partner. We were watching clips from the courtrooms and so forth, and the executives sitting there and staring at the the families. And I don't understand. You know, I feel guilty if I eat a cookie. Yet he sat there with the blank face. It's it, it, beggar's belief. Absolutely beggar's belief. And to the fact that they were also trying to push the narrative that the pilots were to blame makes me sick. Um, I, I don't understand that. I have mentioned many times, though, that I, I understand how someone could first think it's the safety record, because naturally, I mean, let's be honest, I am someone that will never speculate, and I will never start making assumptions one hour after the crash. I'm not an armchair expert. I'm not an expert at all. But at the end of the day, we need to wait for the investigation to take, you know, in due course, we'll find the results. But naturally, people are going to mention, okay, well, 
it could be this and that, and that, and that's always going to happen. And a lot of people will bring up the safety record, and you know, I do understand that. I understand that, but the fact that Boeing pushed that narrative when they knew. I mean, at the end of the day, it shouldn't have even been mentioned that it could have been the pilot's fault to begin with. Do you know what I mean? So no one should be speculating, let alone the, the goddamn aircraft manufacturer that built the plane, trying to push out the narrative that it was the airlines and pilots' fault when they did nothing wrong. They didn't even know the device existed on the Lion Air crash. The second crash, the pilots did the right thing, but the advice they were given did nothing. Because if you didn't react in a specific way in 10 seconds, that plane was going down, no matter what you did. Absolutely and entirely ridiculous. Um, And I could speak for three hours on this topic. I have so much to say, but I want to try and keep it as concise as possible. I want to go on to the target demographic for the documentary now. Um, obviously, there are some people that have watched this and have been left wanting more, especially from the technical analysis point. I think at the end of the day, what we have to do is take a step back and realize this is on Netflix, which is maybe not the place where a thorough technical analysis should be. I think there are amazing articles from the Wall Street Journal, the Air Current, the Seattle Times detailing the technical aspects of the 737 MAX incidents, and I think they're definitely well worth reading um, and spending the time to do that. I think what the Netflix documentary has done is made the crisis involving Boeing accessible to everyone. Do you know what I mean? Anyone of any age group, I think, can watch that and get a general understanding for what happened, whereas maybe if you read an article, it may be a bit confusing. I know it's confusing to me at times, um, and obviously for my partner, she understood everything in the Netflix documentary, Um, I, of course, have already given her background, but she still understood everything, and I think that's probably the best part about it, is it's opening the eyes to many other people rather than just those that understand aviation. Do you know what I mean? So I think we definitely have to take that into account, that the target demographic is not solely aviation enthusiasts that want to understand all the, the nuts and bolts. I do think they did a good job of explaining that. Naturally, they could have always gone into more detail, but I definitely think they they covered enough of it, do you know what I mean? And in a short and concise manner that was very, very easy to understand. Now, to really conclude this film review, if you will, I'm going to talk about what I wanted to see more of. And I definitely think that was the certification of the aircraft after. Now, I briefly touched on this at the beginning of the podcast, so I don't want to go too much into it, but I definitely think another 10 minutes or even 15 minutes could have been added onto the documentary to better discuss the recertification process and where we are now. Um, Obviously, there are brilliant articles, and I mean, you could even watch some videos on my YouTube channel to have a look at where the max is at now. But if you're watching that documentary, you may be left unsure. There was a brief part at the end where they did discuss that it was back flying, but I would have liked to have seen more on that. I wanted to see how Boeing rectified it a little bit more. Maybe in the future... Uh, in video form that will come to light but seeming they were doing the documentary i just think that's something they could have uh, definitely explored a a little bit more the repercussions from this i think at the end of the day i've said this many times people will say they'll never fly boeing again they'll say they'll never fly fly the 737 max again but the reality is most likely 95 percent of the people that say this in one week will forget about this or they will not go and actually have a look at what aircraft they're flying on That is certainly not me having a go at these people because I totally resonate with them not wanting to fly this aircraft ever again or flying on a Boeing aircraft because it it doesn't just paint them, but it shows what the company has become. And uh, 
I, I just think, though, there's no weight or substance behind a lot of p- what people say with regards to I'm not flying this. Do you know what I mean? People could say I'm never buying an Apple product again, and then they go and buy the next iPhone. Um, but I think the repercussions are definitely going to be huge in the certification field with future aircraft. We're already seeing it. Look at the 777X. Delays on delays on delays. The Max, uh, the new Max aircraft are going to see delays as well that are trying to be certified. Any new aircraft Boeing wants to introduce is going to be lengthy, which is going to set them back. Um, and I think they're in for a very rough 10 years, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how their recovery goes, whether in 10 years' time DJ's aviation even exists. I highly doubt it still. Um, but if I am still around, I definitely would love to come back in 10 years and, and have a look at their situation and see how they've developed. Because while this podcast has definitely been, or film review or whatever you want to call it, it's definitely been having a look at all the negatives Boeing have, I guess you could say, done in the past 10 years, which trust me, there's a lot. And I'm not going to excuse any of those actions, whether you want me to or not, whether you call me biased, I really don't care. I'm not going to excuse them. But I want to see how they turn this around. Obviously, the board has changed massively from the executives, but I want to see how they regain people's trust back in their aircraft, in their product. I want to see how the changes in production, whether they go back to their old ways or do something different, I want to see that. Do you know what I mean? I think they owe that to the public. There's no forgiving for what they did. I will never forgive Boeing for that. Overall, a very good documentary, definitely some improvements, but I think for what its purpose was, it told a story very well, very insightful. I learned um, a lot. I learned a lot in a brilliant way. Do you know what I mean? It refreshed my memory to be able to do this podcast. And now I know for the next year, I'll probably retain a lot of this information. Uh, and that's coming from someone who struggles with memory related. I'd probably give it a 8.5 out of 10 overall. That 1.5 is just uh, probably for some pacing issues uh, in certain areas. And I think that uh, I would have loved to seen a bit more on the certification process after. And uh, I just think probably that ties in with the pacing issue. Do you know what I mean? I would have maybe shortened some things or cut some things out to enable us to have five to 10 minutes on what happened after like the proper certification. But yeah, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. You can email me at contactdjsaviation at gmail.com or you can... Uh, speak to me on Twitter, where I'm very, very active. I'm very interested to hear your take. I think everyone's opinions are valid, and I am more than welcome to hear what you have to say on the film. I do apologize if this review was a little bit all over the place. I've never done a film review before, let alone I struggle massively talking about things without a script. And uh, usually if I'm talking about my own experience, it's easy. But considering I'm doing this based on just stuff in my head. It's, it's quite hard, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you also enjoyed hearing my opinions. I know that's something I don't dive that often into, and there's plenty of reasons why I don't, but I thought, why not? It's the film. I want to share my thoughts. Um, overall, deplorable, disgusting. I summed it up brilliantly, I think, in a... Well, I summed up my thoughts, pardon me, brilliantly in two tweets. Let me just pull those up for you. I said... Uh, Let's see what I said. Finished downfall the case against Boeing, an insightful and heartbreaking watch documenting the deplorable environment Boeing has created in the recent decade. I'll never understand those who defend the company over this. Their actions were and still are inexcusable. I then just said, I watched this from a different angle with my partner. She's an av geek and her thoughts, insights were fascinating, provided a perspective many of us may not have. However, she was left disgusted, questioning Boeing's morals and more to see them stoop this low. 
And that's where I'm going to leave it. Thank you very, very much for tuning in to my review. If you haven't had the time to watch it, definitely take the one hour and a half break from whatever you're doing and give it a watch. Whether you know all about the Mac situation or not, it's definitely worth your time. Thank you for listening. Uh, Stay tuned for more podcasts to come and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time.